I'm Master Ken, and you're listening to Karate Cafe, which is bullshit. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit PiranhaGear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul with Karate Cafe coming at you with yet another episode, almost two in one month. That is shocking. That's crazy. It is. And just a lopsided away is my co-host and good friend, (laughs) Dan Williams. Dan, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Just happy to be here. Happy to get another show in the can before... All the madness. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're trying to get it together, folks, I swear. It's like a record. It is, it is. And uh, also just uh, last week, actually just this weekend, the uh, I had to re-up the domain of KarateCafe.com. So oh. all you folks out there that are listening, that when we say, you know, oh, hey, it does actually cost money to uh, to do these, these shows. There's a good example. <laughs> there's a good example. I mean, it was only, you know, whatever it was, 15 bucks. But like I say, you know, give up your cafe for Karate Cafe. If you just take that money you would have spent on your latte... Yep. Send it on over to us. It would help us, you know, keep our massive Karate Cafe studio uh, up and running. <laughs> uh, and our topic this week comes from our good friend Dan Williams. Dan, why don't you uh, share that with us? Yeah. So I was, <clears throat> I was thinking the other day just how difficult it is to uh, actually, you know, make a living off of the martial arts, and whether whether it's running a dojo or I don't know, uh, becoming a, a stunt person or something like that. <clears throat> I was watching a, um, a YouTube video of, uh, there's a, there's a young woman. I can't remember her name. I think it's her first name is Marissa. She's a stick fighter and she was talking about becoming a stunt woman. And I thought there just, there really are not a whole lot of avenues as far as, making money professionally as a martial artist. That's true. <laughs> and, and, or, or making money even uh, amateurly as a, as a martial artist. Yeah, and, and I, don't know if, I don't know if people realize that, or I don't know if that, that's well thought through uh, when people start. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, especially <clears throat> having your own dojo, I know that I never really thought it through. It was kind of always one of my dreams to have my own school and, uh, something I want to do, and boy, if I could, if I could do it professionally, like my instructors seem to be able to do, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, but I think the, you know, like you've experienced, the the reality of that is um, is a lot more difficult, and I think it's a lot more difficult than even most uh, most other businesses uh, than it than it is, and and I think part of that is just because. You know, you have to be in the right area, and it has to not be a, a saturated area. One of one of the things that I've seen is <clears throat> I've got a good friend of mine who uh, runs a school in Lansing, uh, KSK Martial Arts, and the area is a little bit saturated with martial arts schools. And so it's not so much that he doesn't provide a good service, uh, but when you have – 15 martial arts schools in a 10 mile radius uh people just have they have a lot more choices which you know is a good thing but they have a tendency to if they find something good that they like they're they're not necessarily going to run out and look for something the the best or something better they're going to stay with the community of people that they enjoy and doing what they like so it's just it's kind of a tough road to hoe it is and you know uh, just the the old adage you know 
location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's true. It's you know, I, um, when I moved uh, here to Austin, you know, I started looking for a, a spot to you know, try and start a class and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I went on Craigslist, and, and one of the places, you know, I found a, a place, and it was a, a second-generation martial arts school, you know, and so, and so the the realtor guy who was renting it out, I guess, you know, it already had kind of a, a wood floor and, you know, an office space. It was already set up as a martial arts school, and it was in a little bitty strip center, and mm-hmm. uh, the guy was touting the, the realtor, I, you know, I emailed him just to ask what was going on, and he wanted a, an incredible amount of money for it, and when I, I asked some of my friends that have been here in Austin for a while that teach martial arts, and they were like, uh, one of them, my favorite quote was, man, that's higher than a cat's back. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, wow. But the, the realtor went on and on about, you know, oh, you're really close to a middle school and you're next to uh, a couple of different stores. You know? oh. So it was like a high traffic area and da, da, da. And then, but of course, my interior question was, yeah, but there's no longer a school there. So yeah. even with this, you know, built-in, you know, location, and there were no other schools really close, but uh, even with that built-in location, whatever school was there obviously did not survive. So, and, and yep, the, the whole that's make, a good point. The whole making money part is, you know, everyone kind of, uh, and we've kind of touched on this before in previous episodes. You know, everyone talks about like, okay, you know. You pay your instructor money, and they they you know do whatever. But you know they forget about the the overhead part of it. You know there's the location, there's the equipment, there's insurance, there's you know yep. utilities, there's you know uh, a measure of advertising and all stuff like that. And and that's the for someone who's going to be professional and someone who's going to be and and this is obviously just for people who are just not seminar guys and not you know. Um, yep. Whatever. This is just someone who's teaching martial arts and wants to somehow make some measure of money off of it. You know, th- there's all those things that that come into play. And I have a student now that he's looking to maybe start his own class. And so, you know, that's one of the things. And and we're kind of talking about it. And he just got his uh, showed on you know a year or so ago or whatever. And and one of the things he's talking about is like, oh well, you know, I have to go to camps and I have to do this and I have to do that. And and I was like, well, yeah, well, that's where do you think that's I get the money? All money? Yeah, where do you think I get that money from? Yep. And I get it from you guys. So so it's not like I'm I'm making a lot of money, but I'm also not spending a lot of my personal money on it. And you know that gets folded back into the school. So and so there's that that other component of as well as keeping the lights on and keeping the water running and you know keeping a roof over the head. It's also your training or the martial art, you know, the instructor's training. Yeah, keeping you, know. you up. Yeah, so, I mean, all that, all that stuff ties into the things that make it hard to make money in the martial arts. Yeah. Well, and I've, you know, i kind of taken a look at the math of it. I mean, just very, very simple math. If your storefront costs you $2,000 a month, which I think is probably an underestimate, uh, especially in some cities, uh, but if if overhead and everything, I mean, your outgoing costs are two grand, and you're charging, say, a hundred bucks a month, which I think is probably on the high end of average, um, then you need twenty students just to break even, right. and to 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 have and maintain a class size of of twenty students. That that's no joke. I mean, that takes a, a lot of marketing and a lot of time to 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 develop and and get 
your your marketing engine up and running enough uh, to pull together twenty people that will come to your school on a regular basis. You know, right? And, and it doesn't matter. I mean, I had a, a a friend back in Arkansas, and he was a Taekwondo instructor, and he was a very good. I mean, we we love to kid our our uh, Taekwondo brethren, but he was actually a very good. <laughs> Martial artist. I mean, he, yeah. he knew how to use his hands. He and uh, uh, all those sorts of things like that. But he, his school would. He was constantly reopening a school. Yeah. Because you know, like he would, and he was actually fairly. I guess what you might say, you know, smart about it. Like he'd start in kind of a small location, and he would get a, you know, a group of students, and he moved to a slightly larger location. Sometimes he'd get into like a little shishi kind of shopping center kind mm-hmm. of kind of thing, and he seemed to have. A, a fairly good sized school. A very, yeah. a, I mean, he had, uh, when I would go work out with him, he'd have, you know, 20 or 30 students in there at any given time. But, you know, he had classes all day. And so I'm sure okay. he had, I mean, that, that's, that's what he did. So yep. I'm sure he had, you know, uh, more than that. You know, that was just like in the evening classes or the, uh, the day classes when I was going. So, but, but I mean, so, but he had to cover that nut for that space. And then sooner or later, and kidding out that space if it was something that, that wasn't uh, set up already. But anyway, and, you know, it was five or six months. And then students would drop off or, you know, summer would come and, yep. be a, and he couldn't afford to keep the space anymore. And he had to close the school. And then he'd be out for a month or two and then he'd find another location. So in, part, part of the, the, the making money in martial arts is, you know, you have to, like, I guess it's that, like our last episode about commitment is like, you got to commit to, okay, I'm going to make this space work. You know, how do I make it work? You know? Well, that's, I mean, that's the other part of it is that if you keep, if you keep moving around, um, you're no longer, hey, there's a great school on Main Street down the road. And, you know, somebody goes to look you up or whatever. Uh, you're you're just you're not there anymore. Yeah. And well, so, oh, I think one of the things that uh, that helps in, in our modern times is uh, our good friend the internet. Um, you know, yep. because like, like I say, you know, when I moved here, you know, I didn't have a space. I was teaching in the park, but I had a Google's Pla- Google Places account. You know, mm-hmm. with the address, I had my website. I had, you know, I had I, I got a Google Voice phone number. You know, so I had a local phone number. Uh, yep. and, and it was the same thing I did in Dallas, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't, Google places really wasn't like up and it wasn't quite as much of a thing way back five years ago, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, it, so I, I think it's a little bit easier for, uh, a martial arts instructor to, to make a presence and, it is. and be found and kind of, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my students now, he emailed me and you know he said he wanted to come to it, but he found me through uh, dojolocator.com, okay. which I had done that site. Like I mean, like when I first moved here, I'd, I'd done it, and he says like, it says you're teaching in the park. Are you still doing that? And I was like, oh, uh, I, for- I forgot to update that. But yeah. but the persistence of the internet, you mm-hmm. know, it was still there, and I was still able to be found. So that's one of the the the, the mitigating factors I think for that, which it's a good point, is you know having to be like someone like me who sublets uh, in Dallas, I moved like three or four times, you know, yeah. but I always had my website and I had the phone number. I had that kind of stuff like that. So I think it's a little bit easier these days to do that sort of thing, but uh, it's definitely a factor. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, yeah. you know, you, I, I don't know how many times I've seen 
you know, a, a space and you, and all that. It's like, wow, that'd be really good for a martial arts school. And I've walked and you can oh, see. I do it all the time. I'm, you know, driving, driving down the road and yeah. see a, uh, an empty retail shop or something like that. And I think, oh man, that would yeah. be a great spot for a martial arts studio. Yeah. But, and but, but there have been I, more than a few times where I've looked in there and you can see like belts painted on the walls where there had been one in there. <laughs> Well, and I, you know, I think too that to to your point, it's that there's there's a certain level that you get to, and and again, I'll, I'll go back to the example of uh, of uh, my my friend Kent Nelson in Lansing, in that he was teaching out of his garage for a long time, and uh, his his garage was not really his garage. He didn't park his car anymore in there. He had. Uh, he had built-in mats and mirrors along one wall, and you know he had he had transformed his garage into a dojo, but at the same time it was still in his backyard. And there's there's only there's only so far that that will take you. Um, and yes, you can have I think at any one point. Well, at, at one point he had. Uh, he had probably six or seven people uh, in in his classes, and when you get to that size, all of a sudden, uh, one you need more space, but two, I think having an actual storefront where people don't have to park on the street and people, you know, it just it adds credibility and legitimacy to your school that you have a storefront and there are a lot of people i mean there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of hardcore martial artists that would prefer to do sort of the garage training kind of kind of thing um, but I think for people off the street, people that are just trying to get some exercise or want to try something new or uh, just do it as a hobby or something like that, they they feel a little squeamish about um, uh, going into somebody's backyard to train. Uh, and so yeah. at, at some point, you have to make that leap from – backyard basement garage into storefront and well, even uh, yeah i mean but there's also because i'm like i'm literally right kind of right there uh, you're right on the precipice well there. because yeah because i want i'm actually looking at maybe building a dojo in my backyard and and mm -hmm. the reason why is because we got a fairly good sized backyard and uh and we're kind of on a main street but like for me because i don't teach professionally and yep. uh, you know, and, and 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 on more than one level, some people might say. Uh, but <laughs> the the you know, so that's why I always sublet because what I would have to do to uh, in my personal life as well as yep. in my, my maybe my ethical life to to afford a space, you know, that's yeah, you know, it, it, uh, we've got I'm I'm subletting in a, in a Wing Chun school and and I have had people. Uh, come in, you know, walk in just because it's in yep. a shopping center and it's on the road and there's a big sign that says and people have come in, you know, and, and so I've had that. And, you know, there's there's a yoga, a yoga school and whatnot in the same area. So there's people walking by all the time. There's big windows and that's great. And but I've I've got a lousy conversion rate on people walking in. Uh, but I've got a fairly decent conversion rate of people finding me on the Internet. Yeah. So, you know, that that's kind of the, the the flip side of that. So like and I'm at the point is like, well, 
And some of my students are like, well, you know, it'd be really cool if we had our own space. And I said, yes, but do you know how much you would have to pay me for that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, but the flip side is if I had my space and my yard and my house separate from my house, that's one of the, I too have that problem of, cause from security and standpoint, and if I have people come in and out, I don't really want people in my garage, which is right yeah. attached to my house. So we were thinking about building a little shed out in the backyard. But, you know, that way, the kind of the pressure's off. Well, and I think that's the difference, you know. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's a different. You know, we were talking about commitment before, and I I think the idea is is and and to contrast that, Kent is a good example where, you know, he has he has left his 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 full time job, and he is he's really making a go at. Um, making his martial arts studio a a full time job, a business, uh, oh, and on. yeah, and it's and I'll tell you what he's, and I know you have to work hard when whenever you're a business owner, but he is he is pedal to the metal. I mean he is he is working like a dog, and he's doing seminars and uh, setting up a, a a website for videos and. Uh, he's got a, an online store as far as um, training equipment and things like that. So he's, I, I, I guess that's that's another part of the point is that he is he's hustling. You know, he's really doing an an, an amazing job of saying, look, the the money that I get from the students that walk into the door and their monthly fee is. Um, I need to. I need to be more than that. I need to. My income has to be more than just uh, the the monthly fees, and so yeah. he's having to really, really hustle. Yeah, and I'm kind of brushing up against that as well because mm-hmm. you know I, I tell my students, this, you know, it's like we can order, you know, we order ghee and stuff like that, and it's like, well, you you can go. And, it's out in town. You can go find another martial arts. Although martial arts supply shops, it seems, are kind of on the wane, thanks to our good friend, the internet. Yeah. But um, I think that yeah, that would that's a, a revenue stream, especially for a you know a professional you know twenty four yeah. hour a day school kind of thing. But also for you know little schmoes like me. I mean, t shirts and and order, oh, yeah. you know ordering equipment is you know we get rigmarole and get a, a wholesale account and stuff like that, and so. You know, you can choose how much you want to and you know, stick it to your students. And I, I choose not to stick. Well, too much. see, and that's the thing is that is that I'm sure that uh, you know I know I was in the same spot when I when I was doing my school for a little while that you kind of feel like uh, upcharging your students for equipment is sticking it to them, but really it's just doing business. I mean, that's what businesses do. They buy stuff for wholesale and sell it for retail. Um, at the same time, you, especially if you've only got half a dozen students, you develop such a personal relationship with them for one. Yeah. And, and for two, you don't want to gouge the, you don't want to feel like you're gouging the people that you have. Right. Oh yeah. I've, I've actually told a couple of times I've, had to get something like weapons or something for my students, and I say, you know, how much is it? And I'm like, oh, it's you know, uh, twenty bucks, you know, whatever it was. And, and yeah, and a couple of my guys have black belts and other styles, and so they're they're used to the game, right? They're they're kind right. of right. And so they might go like, really? That's it? And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, you can pay me more if you want. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I, you know, but so I'm now kind of getting the point where 
after a couple of years, I'm, I'm more like, well, you know, I'll go ahead and add ten percent to that because yeah. they, you know, the, I, I mean, you get the personal relationship with your students, right? So yeah, it's like I know a couple of my guys; they make pretty good money. They're in the IT field mm-hmm. just like me, and I know their jobs, and I know how much they're making, and you know, a couple of them are single guys and stuff like that. So I know they're. Yeah, their their money is you know one of my students comes to buy, uh, work out on his Ducati and I'm like okay well okay I'm gonna because yeah. <laughs> because uh, just this month the you know, the and here again ties into that that whole thing is uh, the rent went up in the space that I'm in uh, you know utilities yeah. are higher it's the summer all that stuff like that so the rates had to go up so I could have eaten some of that and I and, mm-hmm. I, and I still kind of am but I mean I could or I could have eaten the majority of it or all of it because. I've, I'm charging enough where I'm making a little each month, yep. usually, and uh, and so I'm able to put that back and whatnot for the times when you know people drop out. But well, the other thing is when you say making a little each month, I mean if if you broke that down into an hourly wage based on oh yeah, it's bupkis. It's it's it, it's lower than minimum wage. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess maybe uh-huh. I, maybe this is what I, I put to our our listeners is if you're in a martial arts instructor, figure out what the minimum wage is. <laughs> Figure what it is per hour, and then you know do well. When I was talking in, in Dallas about getting into the YMCA, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things where you would end up being an employee of the YMCA. And I was, remember that. And some of the guys were like we're making like twenty five bucks an hour, and I'm like, wow, that's probably more yeah, than I'm making let's now. Do that, <laughs> and I don't have to pay for the the space, so you actually yeah. probably would be making money, you know, yeah. relative. But anyway, but I mean, so when I I had to raise the rates, and so I actually had to think about it. I was like, okay, how much am I going to raise it per person? How much am I going mm-hmm. to, you know, that kind of thing like that. And so, and I didn't want to stick it to them, but, but I, I would, you know, I, again, I thought about it and go like, well, these guys obviously can afford, they can afford it. Yeah. And so I raised it I, and I told them, hey, it's coming. And they were yeah. like, okay, fine, whatever. Because that was the value of, you know, it, it's, again, the difference between being a customer and a student. These guys are more students and they're like, okay, well, this is what I have to pay to keep training. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's. That's also an important component to, you know, quote unquote, making money, and also being an instructor that makes money is, you know, developing a core of students, and then, you know, let letting the suckers be the be the customers, you know, and you, you can't, I don't think you can uh, expect, you know, everyone to be everyone to be a, a student, you know, you're gonna have people come yeah. in, people come out. But you know, if you work hard to foster that, you know, core group of people that'll basically cover your expenses, I think that takes a lot of the strain off. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I, I guess to me, it's it's one of those things where uh, you and I started talking about this earlier, but we were discussing commitment on the last episode, and I think that you have to make. You kind of have to make a decision uh, when you're going to start your own school. In that, um, are you are you starting something that will be a community of friends slash students that you're going to work out with and help guide them and potentially um, make a little bit of money while you're doing the thing you love. Um, or are you going to start a business? Because while, while one can transition into the other, I don't think that you can, I don't think you can transition into it being a business, uh, unless you 
consciously make the effort and commit to, I am going to start a business. I'm not going to start a martial arts studio. I am going to start a business because all of the things that fall under the umbrella of doing that have to be done just like starting any other business. And I really think that it it should be done with that level of commitment and intention or or else it will it will fall back into the uh, workout partners mentality not not mentality but which and like I say that's perfectly okay but it's it's a little bit um, I don't know especially when you're just starting or for me for example in my in my mid 30s I had always had this dream in my head of starting my own school and having my own business um the 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 place that i used to go to the the wing chung place uh chan's in grand rapids he's got 200 students and so wow. for him yeah i know let, let, let me just contemplate that for a moment exactly okay. uh so he's got 200 students and you do the math on 200 students all, all of a sudden you know if if your overhead is five grand, you're making a lot of money every month, and and that is awesome. But I guarantee you, it is it's an amazing commitment of time and energy to get it to that place, not just as a martial artist, but as a business owner as well. And you have to be a smart business owner to own any business, but. Um, for a martial arts studio, you know, it's just like if you were if you were going to start a bakery. If you're a great baker, your bakery's going to fail. <laughs> if you're just a great baker, you have to be a great baker and at least good at doing the business end. Oh yeah, well, and, I, from from all of us in the IT world, we know how many startups have a started out by like a group of friends. That's a good example. And, you know, and they're like, oh, we got this great product, it's awesome, and da da da. And you know they they go for a month a month or two and then maybe they you know get up for a year and maybe they get a little bit of money from somebody and then it just goes into the ground because they know bupkis about business yep and about running a business and, and dealing with people because as we all know IT people are always the most social and uh, the ones with the the, the most per- interpersonal skills yeah. <laughs> and well wanna... and if I mean if you look at the the classic examples of that is in in technology I mean Microsoft and Apple. You had you had both cases where um, you've got one guy in the partnership that is extremely technical, and the other guy in the partnership that is very business savvy. And without both of those people, without both of those personalities, regardless of whether it's one or two people, um, it's just you, you've you've then got to rely on a lot of luck. Yeah, which you which you need anyway. So right, and uh, and speaking of you know putting the the time and, and how much work it is, you know, our good friend Ian Abernathy, you know, mm-hmm. I've listened to some of his uh, talks on, on various and sundry things about how he got started. Because like you know when I I you know discovered him and you know started listening to him and and you know, followed his work and and whatnot, I'm like I'm like that's what I would love to do. Yeah, you know, travel around and teach bunkai and it just and but he talked very you know very straightforwardly about like you know I was you know I had a job and it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a comfortable job and blah 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 and then I just he got to the point where he's like okay I can either do this and do it well or do yep. it, or do it part time and not really be fulfilled by it you know yep. so and then he's like okay I need to make this much you know to 
for you know for my life and to replace my income right you know and and so and and i'm sure and of course you know he's in england and so i mean they've got you know socialized medicine and all that other good stuff like that so i'm sure there were probably mechanisms in place to to help him out along those roads and uh you know that's that's an entire other road to hoe on facebook right but the (laughs) the uh he, he he you know figured out what he needed to do and then he took the plunge but then he also from the from the martial arts standpoint he had to do an incredible amount or a massive as he would say massive amount of work to uh you know get his curriculum going and set it up and and i just know from doing my seminar a month or three ago that i put a lot of work into that yeah uh you know and but i didn't have to put quite as much work into it as i did the year before because i did one the year before and it was a little bit smaller and then you know so i built on that so even when you, you know, so this comes into, you know, how to make money in the martial arts. This is another way doing the seminars, focusing mm-hmm. on something you like to do and doing it. I'm kind of passionate about bunkai and kata. So, but it's still required, even though I've been doing this for a couple of decades, and I'm sure at that point he had been doing it for at least as long. You know, there's still a lot of work to make it something that people want, you know, and, yeah. and, and attaching a value to it. So, even then, I was like, okay, now I need to attach a value to this. I got to charge these people a certain amount of money, you know. Mm-hmm. Do the, and I even asked while I was doing the seminar, because I had one guy drive uh, from Houston. You know, it was like almost three hours away, and, and he and he drove to my seminar, and I was like, ah, because everyone else was, you know, in town. It was local, yeah. You know? And so I had this guy driving for three hours, and he was the guy that like I tried to work with a lot, and I tried to talk, and I, you know, hey, you know, was it worth it? Did you, you know, are you having yeah. fun? And so I had to like be the business guy and kind of you know kind of schmooze him and, and feel him out, and then afterwards I you know sat down and I fired up Google Docs and I did like a feedback form, you know, and I yep. sent it out to everybody to say you know hey was it worth it you know what did you miss what what would you like to have seen you know that kind of thing like that, but then I also added a thing on there because I I enjoyed doing it and I learned a lot from doing it, and I made enough money to like pay for my camp my annual camp and all that good stuff like that. Was I said, you know, would you be willing to host a seminar on this at your school? Yeah. You know, to try and pimp myself out there a little bit because oh, that's, yeah. that's another revenue stream for my activities and to keep my school afloat. Well, and that's, you know, like I was saying earlier, that kind of goes back to you have you kind of have to be – you have to hustle to do it and you have to be creative and yeah. – uh, you've got to always be thinking of uh, how else can I uh, monetize my skills, and then I mean, I mean, so as far as your seminar goes, what kind of marketing did you do for it? Well, all I did really was um, I just <laughs> I, I put something on Craigslist, which I got absolutely no response for, but <laughs> but but I literally just um, looked up. Pretty much every martial arts school in the area, like uh-huh. within you know an hour's drive, and I emailed everybody, and I just I just put get on get I, blind carbon copy because that way you yep. know I didn't like expand and I just put yep. the information I made a made a page of my page of my website referring to that, and I just and also I did I think I, I may have sent it to you I did, I did a, a preview video. <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah, you did. Yep. Because we were doing the workup. Oh, the last one. And, and that and that actually that I got a lot of response on that because I just I was shooting it. I was like, okay, guys, we need to video this because otherwise I'll forget some of these techniques that we were working on for the seminar. Ah. And then I shot them on my iPad, 
and iPad has iMovie. I was like, hey, let's just try that out. And it looked kind of cool because ah. they have like a, a trailer feature, you know. So you okay. just basically just drop the video in and it edits it together with uh, clips and, you know, verbiage. Very cool. Anyway, and so I did that. But anyway, so, so about a month or two beforehand, I just emailed everybody, including some of the people. I mean, people that came from my, my, my last seminar and, and whatnot. And I just – and basically like every week I would just send an update, you know. And yeah. then when I got that video – I attached the video to it, and I put the video on my website, and I actually had like five people sign up after that. So maybe just you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, you know. So, yeah. uh, that, and it was pretty easy, and I just did it anyway. Uh, but that was the length and breadth of the marketing, and I had but you know, that did, people that, show up. I mean, yeah, I mean that wasn't that wasn't zero, you know. I mean, it's I'm sure it took. Uh, time and effort to look up all those email addresses and uh, you know the putting up the web page uh, and it again it goes back to you uh, you can't just say hey I've got the martial arts skills I'm just going to wait for people to come to me yeah, no. I mean, if if I just you know, hey, I'm having a <laughs> seminar. Yeah, nobody would have come. You, right, you, you tell you your friends. A, yeah, and I did. I put it out, and I, t- I told everybody I sent to. It was like, you know, do you think if anyone would be interested in this, send it yeah. to them. And I got a few people from that. Some people were like, yeah, I'm really interested in this, and I know some other people, and they signed up. So uh, it was very much a social media sort of, you yep. know, uh, effort. A guerrilla marketing kind yeah. of thing. And and you know that also ties into another aspect of this whole money thing is. As, as marketing is, you know, I'm at a point now, like I said earlier, I've got a student and he's opening up a school and under the auspices of me because due mm-hmm. to the ranking structure and the way we have a federation set up, he has to go through me to get his money, you know, testing certificates and all that other stuff mm-hmm. through Okinawa. <clears throat> and so, and we've all, we've all known the, 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 you know, little homegrown federations of people that, you know, they've got some, yep. you know. Tubby Soke, and he's got you know a, a, a cadre of black belts under him. And they all have schools, and all that money kind of, you know, they all wet their beak, and they uh, everyone gets a little piece of it. And yep. so, in my mind, you know, for the longest time, I kind of poo-pooed that. I'm like, ah, oh, I would know, never do that. I would never do that. I remember <laughs> that. And now I'm like, oh, I find myself in a situation where that's it's that would naturally happen. And so, and I have seen, you know, even with our own federation, of you know. Yeah, tacking on 50 cents here and, you know, tacking on a buck there, you know, to like, to whatever. And some of it is like, well, you know, that's just administrative thing. It's not like they're making any real money off of that. Of course, if you write that out over, you know, a couple hundred people, it might be. But, you know, so I I guess my, you know, my feeling is, is that if it's, it's the, uh, I think if it's reasonable, then there's, there's not a problem with it. Um, I know that, uh, I had a I had a friend of mine who kind of broke off and wanted to do his own school, and his instructor said something to the extent of, "Well, you you can train them up to green belt, and then they have to start coming to me after green belt." Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, and he's like, "What?" You know, so essentially, I'm just going to to hand you a stream of customers after I get them established and interested, and <laughs> right. The, the, I'm just going to have to grind for new customers I, I constantly. Taught, I have taught you all I can teach you now. I need to give that. that. And that makes you just look bad. It's like, well, I can't. Yeah. I can't teach you anymore after Green Belt. Sorry. 
and 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 you know acquiring students is one of the most difficult things so after i don't know uh, let's say a year of training to go okay now now you have to switch schools and start paying my instructor yeah it's just that's that's he's, totally unreasonable he's probably gonna charge you more yeah it's uh, and, and but you know if it's something like and if I did somehow manage to get, you know a school or three you know quote unquote under me, because I mean, mm-hmm. you know we're in our own federation so it's like I'm just doing our thing. But it's like when I, if they have to come through me and, and stuff like that, to me it's kind of a a natural flow of, of like you know look you're you're training the students from stuff that I taught you, mm-hmm. you know and you know I'm. So, you know, bring me in, 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 and part of this is kind of the sticking point of like, well, you know, it's, it's money, it's money I have to pay, so I have to bring you down there. It's like, well, you know, you're my student, and you want to learn from me, so it means you either come to me, or you bring me to you, you know, and like where before I was a little bit salty to that, but now I'm in that position, I'm like, well, no, that makes perfect sense, you know? It doesn't, and, I mean... And, the, the, and like, the, you charge your students, you know, like, okay, we're having a weekend session with Wilson Sensei, he's coming in. It's fifteen dollars for this week weekend session, and then you know you give me, you pay for my gas. I don't care, whatever. But you know you're, oh, yeah. you're doing you're doing something to 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 bring me down there to, to help me. Or hey, you know we all want to come up there. Okay, great. It's going to be ten bucks because I have to pay for the space. You know. So, oh, absolutely. So you know hey, it's going to be ten bucks a guy to come up there for you know. Uh, I think a couple I hours think of training. The, the stuff that gets kind of sketchy is when when you when a when a federation says uh, essentially. You have to you have to give us I don't know ten uh, percent of their monthly fees. Yeah. Well, or, um, or or even worse, just like a set like a, like you know you have to pay us you know a thousand dollars a year for being in the federation for being in period. the federation you know and like okay well it doesn't matter if you have one student or you have matter of fact I think we we had talked about this uh, last year or year before with people about Sounds federation familiar. dues about somebody who was. He had like two students, and in order to stay in their federation, they had to pay like you know some relatively large amount of money. If you have two students, if you have twenty students, you can spread that out, and, and it's not so bad. But you know, I, I think you know a percentage or a, you know a very small amount, working on the assumption that you have, you know, like I got to pay, you know, X amount per student to the federation. Well, I mean, they they pay it, <laughs> but but I mean, it, it's it, it comes out of the dues or whatever, but. You know, it's but it does it, it. It's there's not like a flat rate. Yeah. You know, so it it's kind of one of those juggling maxes. Like, you know, what, is it is it enough to hurt? I mean, like if if a student skips a month or whatever, it's like I, I can pay you know that freaking out of my pocket. You know, this month. You know, whatever yeah. kind of thing. But if it's well, I, if it's such a if it's if it costs too much, just for the you know the the honor and privileges of being, you know, in the school or whatever. You know, it, it, well, and as and as a yeah, that's that's the thing is that if you're looking at it like a business owner, as a business owner, you you have to say you have to start thinking of it as a return on investment. So, what is it that if if I have to pay a thousand dollars a month to the thousand dollars a year to this federation, what is it that I'm getting from this federation that makes it worth a thousand dollars a year? Because if, as a business, when, you know, if I'm a computer guy, so I, I buy a new computer for 
two thousand dollars. the The expectation is is that um, I am going to make, you know, my profits will be at least two thousand dollars greater because I have that new computer. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point of being in business is that you're you're making more than you're spending and when you spend money on something, it's because you either want to not lose money or you want to make more money. And so if if being part of a federation is um, you know, I mean, you you could look at it like this I, from the from the federation standpoint to say, hey, if if you have a single student that decides to not come to your school because you're not part of the, the federation and they don't see you as legitimate, then it pays pays for your pays pays for itself. Um, and so, as a business owner, you have to make that decision of, boy, is is that true? Or is it not true? <laughs> um, and you know, just like sort of a, you know, your situation where you've got a student that's starting a school, if if there were some sort of, gee, you you have to give me a, a X percent of the student fees, I as a if it were me, I as a business owner would say, well, what is a what is the return on that? investment what is the return on that money i mean because i could just as easily say hey i i've, I've got the skills i don't really care <laughs> what do i need you for right and whether it's to add legitimacy or credibility to to the school i think especially if if you're in that if you're in the situation where you're uh, a newly minted black belt or, or whatever the case might be, then yeah, there's, there's probably a, a lot to that. Um, at the same time, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, a, it's an issue where if, uh, if, if he wants you to sign their test certificates, then you should charge a, a testing fee. I mean, if you're going to go down there and you're going to sit and you're going to spend your time watching his students test, then it's it it should cost him something, just like it cost him something uh, for for you to train him, uh, because that's that's the other side of it to me is that um, when when a student decides to go out and start their own school, they don't owe their instructor anything, they because they paid for it, they they paid for that instruction, and so they don't. They don't owe the federation or the instructor from a, a moral or ethical or financial standpoint. It's surely a it's it's a business decision of do I pay up? Do I pay up the stream? And is it going to be worth it for me and my business to do that? Yeah. Oh, and and a, a very good. Point of that is, is like now, you know, my, the business decision I'm in is like, you know, I see that, you know, the money, I see how the money works and how it flows, you know, and like, okay, mm -hmm. well, okay, so I'm pushing this up to my, my federation and, you know, like the regional directors tack on a, a little whatever, mostly for just administration crap, right? Like they've got to, right. they've got to get the money owners and send those to Okinawa and they've got to, you know, pay for postage and stuff. The print they, the certifications. They, and, yeah, yeah, you know, all that, mm -hmm. whatever's got to go on. And then, and plus, you know, they put on their stuff. So, like, every month there's a black belt class, right? Yep. And so the regional director puts on that, and it's 20 bucks. 
You know, okay, cool. Well, so it's twenty bucks plus the gas plus you know whatever plus which is pretty reasonable, which, really. Which is very reasonable because it's yeah. like pretty much all day, and uh, and so that's the thing to complain. So yeah, so I mean, if you've been in it in a while, and so and and you take you know any any one of my students now that would would complain about like oh it costs you know this much to do it, I'm like well yeah, but you know what are you getting and and look at how much yep. these other guys are paying for it, you know, <laughs> and. And but 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 seeing that okay well I'm I'm more more comfortable and you know more you know I guess righteously indignant about about going like yeah I'm passing that on to you because I'm actually passing that on to them to help me to help you you know it's like right. a, it's a little cycle kind of thing it's I don't you know, I look I get to see it real you get to see a little more of the big picture of like as the instructor you get to see the bigger picture of what's yeah. going on in the federation and on the levels up more so than the students are. They're just going to see like, hey, you're charging me, you know, ten bucks, you know, or twenty bucks, or whatever, you know, a test fee is whatever the test fee is, and yeah. it's like, well, where's that money go? And I tell them it goes to Okinawa. You well, know? and not only that, but I think too that uh, there there needs to be the realization that there's a what do they call it the the shipping and handling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the it's 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 not it's not necessarily that uh, okay if if I spend Five or if I spend ten minutes of time, or let's say, yeah, let's say I spend ten minutes on 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 processing a a a test, and I, you know, I take ten bucks out of that for my pain and uh, suffering yeah. to to do that. Some people might say, well, y- y- you know, you only spent five minutes on it, and you're taking ten bucks. That is. Uh, I don't know what's what's that per hour. It's a bunch of money per hour, um, and gee, if you're making $120 an hour, <laughs> that seems totally unreasonable. Well, yeah, if you do the math that way, it seems totally unreasonable. But at the same time, it's there's a hassle factor to it. There's a well. You know, this is something I I have to make sure may I you know is available to me. I have mm-hmm. I have established the contacts. I've established, you know, I've done the 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 real work was done years ago as I was building my school to make sure that this flows all okay and that you have a place to go that you can do this at. So I don't I don't think that stuff is is unreasonable at all. I mean I think that that's uh, that's part of the cost of doing business, and when when the person that pays you get to the, gets to the point where they have someone paying them, then it won't be unreasonable to them either. <laughs> yeah, they realize, oh, hey, you know, if I this is kind of a hassle. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and of course, it's like how many levels? So it's like if I have a student, and he has a student, and he has a student, and it's thirty dollars for a test fee, and but. Or let's say it still has to go through me. It's like, well, you know, yeah, I'm probably going to put you know five bucks on there just for yeah. Yeah, I'm going to shuffle some papers and, and whatnot, and then they're going to put five. Well, bucks. not only they're that, put five bucks. Yeah, yeah not so just shuffle papers, but it's the it's the in it's the investment in the time that you've made to be in the position that you're in. Right. I mean, because I've taught you, you taught somebody else, they taught them, and then you know, just mm-hmm. <clears throat> I actually had you know, one of my students kind of. Get a little lippy, <laughs> and <laughs> and he was trying to you know it, it, anyone who knows me knows I don't know everything, um, so but I do know a few things about this system. And he was trying to tell yeah. me something about the system, 
that he had just recently got a black belt in that, you know, <laughs> and I was like, um, no, that's not right. <laughs> and I said, I see where you're going with that, but that's not right. That's not how we apply it. He goes, well, this is blind. I'm like, that's, that's not correct. That's not it. You know, kind of thing. And, and so I'm not going to argue with him because, you know, whatever. It's like, he's, well, I've been doing this for 10 years. I said, well, I've been doing it for 25. <laughs> you know, I was like, and you've been studying with me. So if you don't think my opinion matters, then don't study with me anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like part of that, like, you know, extra five bucks I'm charging you is that being lippy fee of, you know, right. you know, it's like, okay, well, you obviously have more to learn, you know? So yeah. it's, and, and that's, so that's the value, I guess, maybe from them is kind of the conversation that, you know, I would have to have with, with this person and say like, look, you know, mm -hmm. here's the, you, you've opted to be my student. I appreciate it. But with that comes a certain amount of responsibility. You know, part of the thing is like, so that's why maybe you should have me come down and, and train with you and your students because you have an understanding of it, but you don't have a as complete understanding as maybe I have. And that's mm -hmm. why I also go train with people who are above me. So they will give me that understanding that I don't have. Yeah. And, and all and, that costs money. You know, it's funny because uh, thinking about the 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 value that uh, – and. Uh, an instructor provides it's not just an instructorship but it's also uh, especially when you want to branch out and start your own school there's a mentoring that that is in place and part of that is uh you know all the lessons that you've learned and all the experiences that you've had for trying to start your own business and trying to get your own dojo going and and you know the conversation that we're having today um and there's value in that. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we've got, I mean, that's, again, I've got, got the guy trying to stand up in school and, you know, he's telling me about all the things, all the roadblocks. And I'm like, dude, I've been there. Yep. Yeah. I've already done that. And I can tell you how to get around that. But you've got to ask me, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to, you know, lean on me because that's what I'm here for, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't want to be so, so crass as to say, you can you can ask me adv my advice, but I'm going to charge you per hour for it. Yeah, um, no, it's it's, it's because, it. but it doesn't it it doesn't come out in that way. I mean, I think it comes out in other ways to say, yes, I may charge ten bucks to to process this test, and yes, you may think that's unreasonable, but you have to take that in consideration and put that under the umbrella of of everything else that goes along with that not just that very very specific instance because yeah. it's about it's about the whole relationship right yeah and it's and it's an it's an ongoing process it's yeah. not you know it's not just you know you if if you help somebody set up their school like you know i mean when i was setting up my stuff i asked my sensei i asked her our, mm -hmm. our directors, I asked all these guys, and none of them asked dime one. No one said, okay, you know, you know. so I feel like I'm, but when they, you know, email me or whatever and say, hey, I need this, or can you do this for me, or do you know anything about this, boom, I'm right there. Yeah. And so, and, and there's been times like, well, for my seminars, like, you know, I email them and say, like, hey, are you available? Because I'd like to bring you down. And by bring you down means, like, I'm going to pay for your gas, I'm going to put you up somewhere probably, you know, yep. or at least buy you lunch. You know, there's there's that sort of thing to make it like worth their while to come down because they're teaching they're still doing the same thing mm -hmm. but you know are they going to drive three or four hours for to, to stand around you know <laughs> and, and burn their gas they might 
you know, because, you know, they I, might because I spent time to dry, spend my money to, you know, drive up there and, and you know, get a hotel, you know, whatever it takes, because that was the cost to, to do that. But that's the investment that's going to come back to you at some point, whereas you're going to have a student who might say, OK, hey, uh, we're having a test this, this Saturday. Can you come down? And you're like, OK, yeah, sure. You know, OK, well, cool. Um, you know, how much, you know, and pay for your gas? Or you know, or you just pay for the gas, or you know, take them out to eat, or what you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Or, you know, or hey, I'll, I'll get you a plane ticket if, if that's what it's required. I mean, we have instructors who do that. They they buy the plane ticket, and they put them up, and then all that stuff like that. They they don't necessarily pay them money, but they take care of everything to get them there. Right. And that's you know, and but so then they don't have to spend their money to do that, and that's a way of making money, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean that—that that to me, I would see that as a as a favor to the student then, because if, um, you know, for if somebody if somebody if I were in that position and somebody called and said, hey, you know, do you want to come down and teach my students for the weekend, and I'll pay for your airfare and put you up in a hotel, I would be thinking, well. You know, I've got shit to do this weekend, <laughs> so it's not necessarily uh, 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 convenient. I mean, there's an opportunity cost to say, "Hey, instead of instead of going down there, maybe I could be teaching my own seminar this weekend and actually making some money." So there's a there's a sacrifice of time that that person is making uh, to go down there and do that stuff, which I think is great. Um, that's, that's awesome if, if, if people are willing to do that for you. Uh, but at the same time, there's, when it, when it comes time to pay that person back, um, you, you can't gripe about it <laughs> or you shouldn't. Right. Yeah, you absolutely should. The, um, and Hey, speaking of, of, of coming and going, let's, let's park this topic. Cause I think we, okay. we, we, we've touched on that and, uh, we would love to hear, your guys' uh, opinion, guys and gals' is, your urn, as they might say in, uh, in Texas. Uh, so please email us at cardicafe at gmail.com. You yep. can give if, us and if, if people have any stories or advice oh, about yeah. starting their own schools or experiences they have had about doing seminars or how to make money in the martial arts, then uh, you know we can we can re-communicate that. So. Right, right. Yeah, because they can call in on the comment line at 469-844-844. 5791. Again, email us at karatecafe at gmail.com or, you know, hit us on the Twitterverse at Karate Cafe uh, and let us know what you think because, again, the conversation starts here. Right, guys? Uh, and speaking of conversations and traveling, That's right. uh, I'm traveling. So uh, in a couple weeks, I will be uh, on, a, on, a, on a tour of this great nation, kind of, sort of. Uh, we're going to go up towards the East Coast. We're going to be in Virginia and Rhode Island. We're going to go up to Montreal, so if any of our uh, Canadian friends are up there, eh? Hey. Uh, hey. uh, uh, maybe Maine. We've got some, we've, my, we have some Federation schools in Maine. I'm going to try and visit up there. We may not make it. Uh, but anyway, we're going to be camping, spending a couple of days. Uh, hopefully, I will be able to stop in New York and see our good friends Gene Myers and Pete Shambo, the creators. Oh, that would Cafe. be cool. Yeah, and if not work out, at least say hi. Um, that would be kind of cool because I've never actually met them. <laughs> so... Uh, that was pretty cool. We were actually going to try and go up to Michigan and uh, and, and see you, but yeah. with the the route that we want to take, it just uh, it may not it's work. Dodging it, Michigan, but it's dodging. Well, you know. Uh, yeah. 
uh, anyway, the, uh, by the way, so I'm going to be up there. So if anyone is listening and is in any of those areas in the, in the East Coast, drop me uh, a line at paul at karatecafe.com or send it at karatecafe.gmail.com or call us or, or Twitter us. And uh, if you got a school and I'm in the area, I'm taking a gi. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if there's a, a, a way to work out or just meet up and say hi to any of our, our loyal listeners, uh, I would love that. But yeah. that also means that there'll be a couple weeks that we won't have a show. I know it's kind of crazy. I wow, know it doesn't two happen weeks that often. Show. What yeah. are we gonna do? I know. So, uh, <laughs> but but hopefully I will have some great stories and uh, and, and training uh, tips and advice for that, mm. or a bad back from sleeping in a tent for a couple weeks. Yeah, one of the two. So, in New York City, we're gonna go to New York City. The the, the town's so nice they named it twice. So, if anyone would like to uh, meet up, hook up. Let us know. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the show, please uh, email or call. Or if it's on the Facebook, you guys can um, book the face. Book uh, the face. Uh, oh, it, and and if you are starting a dojo, a, a, a good way to manage your students is the dojo manager. I just thought I'd drop that in there. At thedojomanager.com. I use that's it. Right. I love it. You should too. So that's all I have to say about that. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Well, and, okay. and then I will see everyone on the other side of vacation. Uh, Dan, good conversation, good topic. Yes, thanks, Paul. All right, great. And we will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, PiranhaGear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, KarateCafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at KarateCafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at StevehendersonVoiceOvers at gmail.com. Or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.